Hey, Dog Pound, this is Greg Newsom here. Um, you know, just touched down in Cleveland. Excited to be a part of the family. Um, you know, I'm going give to give it my all every single day for you guys. Um, I'm not going to let you guys down. Go Browns. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, what's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of The Dogs. As you can see, we're not in the studio today. Uh, had a tough time linking up with the schedules, and we just did four hours on Thursday night. Justin's uh, a wall, so it's just three of us here today. Um, we want to thank everybody who tuned in Thursday night for the first round of the draft for our live show. The, the turnout was awesome in person at Hoodletown and right here on YouTube. You guys were with us, some of you guys, for all four or five hours of the show. Uh, so that was super awesome. Uh, we got some live reaction to our draft picks. Uh, you no, know, the draft finished up yesterday. The Browns ended up going with eight players. Uh, I did not think we were going to draft eight players. So it's very interesting to see what the Browns got planned for these guys. Um, remember, before we get into this episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube. Again, huge thank you to everybody who's already subscribed on YouTube uh, to put us over that thousand uh, subscriber mark. Also, you can head to Apple, Google, Spotify, and check us out there. Leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Our contest wrapped up uh, for the Northwest group, so we should be getting out the winners to you sometime. We'll get it all figured out this week and get the prizes mailed out to you guys. So thank you to everybody who entered the contest, left us a five-star review, shared our video, subscribed. Again, that helps us out a ton. Um I see that Zach in the background went and stole the cream hunt Jersey that we gave away this past week <laughs> and hung it right. on his wall. So that was pretty rude of you. Uh, but it's so, uh, you know, Browns, in my opinion, we, we, we won the draft. And so I know if you were watching live, you know, we, our first pick was Greg Newsom for out in Northwestern and, we just kind of, if you weren't live with us, we wanted to give you our immediate reaction. And then, uh, you know, kind of what we're thinking now that we've had a couple of days to digest. You got it? I have it, yeah. Announce it, Justin. It only makes sense that you I, would be the guy. So, with the 26th pick, the Browns take Greg Newsom. Greg Newsom. The one guy I, the one guy we <laughs> didn't want. I mean, I mean. Fits the need. Man, I, I, I. We'll I'm, see. We'll see. I guess we'll see, uh, but. Okay. All this excitement, out, out more Bateman, one of these edge rushers. How do you guys feel right now? I kind of feel like there's so much hype, and then <laughs> I got to switch I'm back okay. over to the chat here. I got to see what people are saying. Maybe they haven't heard yet. Oh, Greg Newsom, yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Barry's happy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know I what? I mean, there's still – Now, here's the thing. Trade back up. Pro, yeah. Of- Pro Football Focus has this guy. He was the third-ranked corner. Yeah. So – But he was also projected third-round. Yes. Yeah, that's – I just got it on Twitter. So, that's that's, that's what it. it's going to be. That's the one. Man, I'm not happy. Oh. <laughs> not, not with everything oh. that was on the board. Snap Malloy um, loves it, but a lot of people in the chat. Bum, thanks, Davey. DF says he's not mad about it. If it's a – uh, can play a lot of different positions. It just yeah, felt like with with guys like Samuel or that Elijah Molden, some of these guys later on, the guy that, from Syracuse, Syracuse, yeah, that we could have taken was that Andre Cisco. I forget. Uh, they had Kelvin Joseph from I just, I'm Kentucky that, out there. Yeah, I'm just taking the headset off. I'm going to get Cleveland's reaction here. <laughs> in the, in the crowd. Oh, they're just letting uh-huh. the, the fan make the pick here, but we already know. We're, I don't we're, know. On, we're on the up and up. I we're on the know. know. This little girl just wrecked our draft by making this pick here. Yeah. <laughs> John Nye says, I'm not sure, but Barry knows more than I do, though. True. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just playing. If for anybody who knows us, and See John's a close friend. <laughs> I don't just call everybody who listens to us idiots. All right. Well. That's Happy a, you draft know, night, everybody. I guess, you know, we'll hang out here for one more second. We'll see, you know, the people here at Hoodletown haven't got to hear this yet, and the people in Cleveland haven't got to hear it yet. So let's get their uh, live reaction here. Did somebody just say like who? <laughs> <laughs> somebody just went, wait, what? 
Yeah, so, I mean, the crowd doesn't seem too upset with it in Cleveland based yeah. on the TV coverage. But yeah, but you can't see any of their faces. Yeah. I can't and, tell. Yeah, it's and not the drinking for <laughs> five guy, hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's not put? the overwhelming pick that I think we wanted. No. It tells me that they don't have a, uh, a ton of faith in Greedy also. That, man, I mean, some of the guys you passed up on, Morg, Bateman, Barmore. So here, 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 here is what's going to get me okay, more okay with this pick if we don't sit at 59. If we move back up, you know, even late first, which this, I'm not going to still be. You know what's happening. Any of the receiver talk off the table, though, for these guys, because Bateman will go to the Ravens, and if he doesn't, he's going to New Orleans or Green Bay. And so is Elijah Moore. So yeah. maybe God. they've got maybe they're eyeing yeah. up Rondale Moore later on, Terrace Marshall. I don't know. Maybe they're going to try to come back up for one of these edge rushers. But yeah, Newsom. I just I wasn't a guy that I was. We, I were, we were not high on him, but I didn't have him penciled in as somebody that I wanted that was like best available at the time of taking him. Snap is saying the kid's a stud. We should be excited. I will say this. I got to, you know, I got to go back and, you know, look into it more. Well, and that's the thing now that, you know, because we've been trying to look at all these different prospects throughout this whole process. And he was just one that didn't fit the bill of somebody to get high hyped on for us. But now that he's been the pick, uh, I'm definitely going to go back and watch a lot of tape. We'll we'll come back much more educated on Greg Newsom. Yeah, And I'm going to say this, too, is more than any time in my entire life, I trusted Cleveland GM is Andrew Barry. Yeah. And you know what, Kevin Stefanski, you know, I'm sure he had some input on this. Yep. So all that being said, and like I said, I want to see how the rest of the second and third round shake out. Yep. If we still come away with one of these top edge rushers in the second, you know, all okay. Right. And, and maybe and maybe some of our uh, not being hyped up on uh, Greg Newsom's our pro football focus analysis that we got to read. I mean, they still got this guy sitting as a third round projection is where this guy was sitting at. They all, you know what, though? At the same time, they had... Uh, Played Jamin in his own Davis. heavy scheme. Yeah, Jamin Davis, who was picked two so, hours ago. He yeah. said he's got very patient zone eyes, not getting caught out of position, except exceptional at playing deep to shallow, allowed one catch on 15 targets of 10-plus yards in 2020. Good length for the position. Already plays catch point well. Feet that can dance. No clunkiness to his game. But he's got very little closing juice. Um, a lot of sitting high on top of routes. Saw very little legit wide receiver talent outside of the Ohio State game, and he's just—he's not a big corner, slight frame. What's his uh, measurables? Uh, six one one ninety. Okay, I mean, he's decent size. Not bad. Typical corner. Size, he's not five ten one eighty like Samuel. So he ran right. a four three eight forty though. That's okay. fast. That's fast, especially for a big guy. So. Well, there's the reactions live. You got to see them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, we did a good job of kind of covering our bases there. So good job to us that, um, you know, we said we wanted to look into it more. And we also said we wanted to see how the rest of the draft um, played out before we graded that first pick. I will say this now that I know how the rest of the draft went, I'm, I'm definitely way more happy with Greg Newsom. And once I got home that night, I think that my immediate reaction to not being excited about him was I thought we were going to go something like Bateman or uh, Morg was out there still, or even like Azizu Jalari was still out there. And I was just kind of like, I didn't want to have any expectations for the draft, but as we, those guys were available, I was kind of getting excited to grab one of them. And then when we didn't pick them, it was kind of like that immediate letdown. But like I said, even by the time I got home and I just started thinking about it more like, the dude can play. And, you know, PFF graded this pick as elite, which is a trend for the Browns draft, by the way. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah, it so, was. I mean, the guy, I'm pretty sure the, a stat that stuck out to me that I saw was he didn't allow a third down catch in 2020 or something like that. Is some crazy stat that, I mean, and he played before he got hurt against Ohio State. He played great. I mean, Justin Fields struggled against Northwestern, and he was he was a reason why. Yeah, yeah, and you saw Justin Fields topple down the draft board a little bit too on Thursday night. Yeah, I think with the Greg Newsom thing, you know, reading back through it, maybe I was a little harsh on draft night about not wanting it. Um, <laughs> but it was real, baby. But, it was raw. <laughs> but, you know, some of, the, some of the things that still that I'm, you know, kind of questionable on, and maybe it was something that I saw before the draft and then just didn't 
remember is that he missed three games in three seasons straight at Northwestern, three games each year, which is a trend for Brown's defensive players that we have to go through every year. That was kind of the, I, I think, one of the biggest knocks on him coming into the draft. He missed eight games in 2018 with an ankle injury, and it didn't say what injury the next two seasons, so I'm assuming it might have been reoccurring ankle, I'm guessing, because they didn't specify. So they said then he missed three in 2019 and three again here in 2020, and we saw him exit the Big Ten championship game with a growing injury. So injuries are part of the dude's resume. Right, So and Andrew Barry came out and said, you know, hey, he's a young guy. I think he's only 20 years old. 21 this um, month. 21 this month. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a young guy. They said that the medical staff, they weren't worried about, you know, pre-existing injuries that his body was only going to get stronger. He was only going to develop and become a stronger um, player. So, I mean, I guess we'll kind of, we'll have to wait here and see and see if it pans out. I mean, it looks like we're getting another corner to go on the opposite side of Denzel Ward. That'll allow Joe Woods to play, you know, a little bit more man coverage um, Browns might not have to play prevent defense the entire game all season long. Uh, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I hope that it works out. I hope it pans out. But, yeah, just on draft night with some of those other players available, I think that's why you got the reaction from us like you did, like Blake I think, said. I think especially because that first night was only round one, and we did not know when the Browns, you know, if they were just going to sit at 59, we didn't know what was coming. So it's kind of like, man – you know, some of these guys that we kind of had our eye on, there were probably there. There's no way they're going to fall to us. Well, again, spoiler alert, they did. But you know, we we didn't know that you know that night. Um, so I think I like his four three eight speed. He's fast. Um, I like he's six one one ninety. I mean, he, that's a decent size corner. Um, and the fact they said you know he's not like super explosive or like playmaking. Well, I mean. If Delpit's healthy, healthy, we got Delpit, we got Troy Hill, you know, we got our second round pick that we're going to talk about. I mean, we got playmakers in the defense. At some point, you know, we need somebody, we just need guys who will cover people. So not everybody back there has to be, you know, an Ed Reed or a Troy Palmamalu. Sometimes you just need some solid coverage guys. And, and we saw that last year, we had almost none. You know, MJ Stewart and Robert Jackson were just making Mike Glennon look like the second coming of Joe Montana. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that this pickup gives us, I expect Newsom to play a lot. You know, he's a first round pick. I know that Barry kind of, Andrew Barry came out and said, you know, we weren't really drafting for need now. We were drafting for the future. I think this pick kind of does a little bit of both. If he pans out, to, you know, he could be our next Denzel Ward type of corner that, you know, we always count on and rely on. And it just gives us that depth too. You know, like Blake said, we got Greedy, we got Troy Hill. With these schemes that, you know, we've kind of touched on the podcast and previous episodes of Joe Woods wants to play a bunch of secondary defenders, you know, all game long. You know, we're going to have multiple defensive backs, safeties out on the field. And I think that you could look at this pick and – our next pick that we'll get into to talk about as being the two guys we could see having an impact this year and kind of everybody else that the Browns kind of were interested in and drafted in the later rounds, maybe in our later picks. Maybe. I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue with that. I think we got four we'll guys who I think are going to play this year. Four guys. I'd, maybe I'd, not start, maybe not start, but I think four guys are going to make an impact. Well, if you're time. talking, if you're talking special teams or something like that, We'll see. I'll, no, I, I'll let I you think, know here. Like, I think I'm with you on the four, and I, we'll see if we got the same four as we go through here, but yeah. Yeah. So before we move into our second round draft pick, uh, you know, I do want to tell you guys, you know, it's getting nicer out. Today's 81 degrees. Happy Greek Easter to all my Greek listeners out there. Uh, the flowers <laughs> are blooming. The grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trusted Manscaped. They're here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. You don't have to use our code just on the uh, lawnmower or the perfect package. You can get the weed whacker. You can get boxers. You can get uh, get the t-shirts, man. Those shirts, t-shirts. 
Yep, the t-shirts are super nice. The boxers are super comfortable. You, they got deodorant for your nether regions. They got crop reviver to help with that, you know, the itch. They got anything you could ever need to make yourself feel comfortable south of the border, Manscaped has. So go check them out. Use promo code DOGS. That's get 20% off and free shipping with code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code DOGS at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Blake, I, I appreciate your dedication to the ad read because I, you even have the lawnmower sound effects in the background. Like it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, like I said, hey, it's springtime. I you know, my neighbor's out there mowing. I thought about chasing him out of there, but I does, know does his mower have the neighbor. LED light on it? I doubt it. Yeah, actually, I looked yeah. out. I looked out in the front like yawn and he was trimming his nuts with his mower. <laughs> <laughs> You need I to thought go. it was weird. You need to tell him he's got the wrong. He's got to go get the lawnmower 3.0. Right. Yeah. I thought it was kind of weird to do it that way, but you know, I guess we get weird here in terms of circle. Hey, to each his own. Yeah. So we, you know, we got to move into our second pick. This is, to be honest, the pick I'm the most excited about. You know, we took Jeremiah Owasu. Kamara, is that in my close Karamoa? Awusu Karamoa is how I'm thinking it. Yeah, yeah Awusu, yeah. They just call um, him J-O-K. J-O-K. Yeah, J-O-K. So the fact that the, the Browns got this guy in the second round, we had to move up, what, seven spots? We went from 50, 59 to 52. And we were kind of texting in the second round like, hey, there's still good players left. At what point are the Browns going to hop up and grab one of these guys? Yeah. Because – I know they're falling, falling, but I don't know if they're going to get all the way to 59 and right on cue. I mean, Andrew Barry's a freaking genius, guys. It I mean, sure he looks is that way. His 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 first two drafts. I mean, I, I think I texted this to you guys. The Browns went from the laughing stock of the NFL to one of the smartest, most well-run organizations in two years. What are those sound effects? I think we got we got an angry dog in the background here. I think so. He doesn't like the JOK pick. Uh, no, no. I think that I think the JOK, I mean, this guy had first round talent that we uh, that we got in the second round. I don't think anybody really saw him dropping this far. I think there was a lot of worries about his size and what position you were going to be able to mold him into in the NFL. And I think that he's got the best fit for him is coming to Cleveland and Joe Woods' defensive scheme. I think that he's going to flourish into this player that you're going to see, you know, up by the line of scrimmage, but also being able to cover in the slot. Um, and I read an article today that said Andrew Barry and uh, Dee Podesta were thinking about taking him in the first round with our 26 pick. They didn't think that he would get anywhere close to 59. And then in the article, you know, it said, hey, that we got to like 42, 43, 44, and he was still there. And we're like, hey, we got to try to make this happen. So I'm glad that they did. I mean, I, I think he was the steal of the draft. I will say but, our, our live chat the whole night on Thursday, I mean, I can't tell you how many people were in there saying, J-O-K, J-O-K, go get him, go get him. Or, you know, at 26, get him, get him. And then, you know, we, we didn't. And it, yeah, it was just crazy on Friday night sitting there like, are, are we going to get him? I want to say some of the, you know, some of that was our letdown of why we took Newsom because this dude was on the board and we didn't take him. Um, I think people would have great. This was also another elite draft pick according to PFF by Andrew Barry. I think it would have been considered elite. Even if we traded up in the first round to grab him, if we didn't stay at 26 and we moved up to 20th to grab this guy, I think we still would have got a good grade. And the fact that we got him at 52 is, I mean, he fits this defensive system. It's like he was molded and made to play in this defensive system. Yeah. The the dude excelled. I mean, we could play him a strong safety. We can play him at linebacker. We, I mean, he played like, slot corner at times for Notre Dame and he shut people down. He's the perfect kind of hybrid linebacker you need for today's NFL. You know, when we're going to be going up against these spread offenses, you need a, you know, kind of the days like the 275 pound middle linebacker, like, you know, Ray Lewis was great and all, but would he be as successful in today's NFL with these guys running, you know, there's four, four, three receivers out there and they're never running the ball. I mean, 
you don't need that run stopping linebacker per se. I mean, you, you still got to be able to stop the run, but you need somebody who can go sideline to sideline, who can cover, who can tackle in space. I mean, and that's what this guy is. Yeah, he's it's gonna be it's gonna be different seeing him play um for the Browns this season because it's not like you said, it's not your traditional linebacker. So he's gonna be doing all kinds of different things that we're probably not used to seeing because like even I mean, that was the first thing PFF said about him is he's the new breed of defensive player in the NFL. So get just just you know, get your seatbelts on and, and hands and feet inside the vehicle, everybody, because this is gonna be a fun <laughs> ride. If you haven't had a chance to watch this guy's tape, go watch some of the hits. I mean, this dude lays the wood. Hey, think of, um, you know, a bigger, faster, stronger, better all-around Jabril Peppers. You know, Jabril Peppers was that safety, but, you know, he kind of was like a hybrid player that didn't, you know, have a set position. This yeah. dude, he's bigger, stronger, faster, but playmaking ability all over the field. I saw, um, I think it was NFL draft profile had him comped similar to like a Jamal Adams, maybe a little bit bigger yeah. Jamal Adams. So take I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw, uh, I was watching, you know, second round of the draft at home and some of his linebacker comps, they said were uh, Darius Leonard and Levante David. Those guys don't suck. No, yeah, I saw those too. And, and those, those are the kind of players that we talked about, you know, before the draft that, you know, whenever we were signing free agents, like these are the type of players we need on our defense to be able to compete with these, you know, Super Bowl contending teams. So, yeah, I, what we did to the defense and free agency and then just a, in our first two picks alone, I mean, I think we're staring at a top five defense, top 10 defense if everybody's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just looking back at the fact that we were able to get JOK in the second round of 52, it, it it almost reinforces that pick in the first round of Newsom at the cornerback because, you know, we saw J.C. Horn go off first to the Panthers, and then we saw Sertan go off to the Broncos. And it was like, wow, okay, those were the top two guys, and they're gone early. They were gone in the top 10. And then, you know, no other corners, I don't think, anyway, were taken – Oh, I'm sorry. Caleb Farley won at 22. But then we're sitting there and we, so we grabbed Greg Newsom, who apparently Andrew Barry had pegged as, you know, one of his, his guys. And then right after that, at pick 29, the Packers take Eric Stokes out of Georgia. And I don't think he was graded in the first round. So the, the run on cornerbacks almost forced our hand at that. Cause we knew that if we missed out on Newsom in that first round, we weren't getting anybody in the second round worth taking there. And to, to see that JOK falls to us in the second round just solidifies like that first round pick was a good pick. Yes. It, and th like I said, you know, we, we said at draft night, we wanted to see how the rest, who else do we get, you know, to see, to justify this pick at this time. And, you know, you had to get, like you said, I think the first pick of the second round was uh, dude, the corner from Georgia, Campbell. Is that his name? Oh, Tyson Campbell. I think he went. He went like top two or three in the in the second round. Let me, let me pull up the second round off here. the board. I'll pull yeah, up. Yeah, he, so, he was number one. Yep. In the second to Jackson. Yes. So, like you said, corners. You know, and we, we kind of noticed that when we were doing our live drafts that there were some really good corners, but you know, there once you started getting out of that first or early second, the value you were going to get from them started to to drop. Swiftly, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys so you had to. You kind of had to take your corner early. Yeah, the Cowboys went and grabbed Kelvin Joseph, corner out of Kentucky, at pick forty-four in the second round. So, I, I think that it was we needed if we wanted a top end or you know a top end potential at the cornerback position out of this draft, we had to go Newsom in the first round. Yes, agreed. Yep. So we'll kind of move into our third round pick. This guy was a little bit of a surprise. And to be honest, when we took him, I was like, I'm not sure who I know who this guy is. And then I started reading about him and watching some stuff. And sneakily, one of the most excited players I'm, I'm excited to watch play for the Browns this season was wide receiver Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. The dude ran a 4-2-5-40. It's like we – I mean, we have our own Tyreek Hill. We do. We do. And I mean, the first thing that every profile on him says is this kind of speed doesn't come into the NFL every year. 
I mean, his oh, speed is elite. Olympian. Yeah, it, yeah, Olympian. That's exactly what they how they uh, labeled it. Yeah, so uh, pretty much this guy was used as just a burner at Auburn. It was kind of just the role he played of, hey, you're pretty much faster than anybody else on the field, so just run by them, and we're going to try to throw it under so you can get underneath it. Um, it's kind of the role he played. And, you know, the Browns are miss. They, you know, that was one of the things we said, you know, we've been missing that for a long time of just having a, a guy like this that can really stretch the field and allow, you know, some of our other wide receivers maybe to have a little bit less double team or, you know, a safety plan over the top of them on every single route they run. Um, that this is what this guy can give you. And it was kind of interesting on uh, the draft day when we took him and they were talking about him a little bit. He said Randy Moss actually worked with him um, in a few workouts. And Randy Moss actually had to tell him that he had to slow down when he was running routes, that he was running routes too fast. And that's why like it wasn't as crisp. So it sounds like his route running needs a little bit of work um, when he gets to Cleveland and goes through training camp. So, I, I mean, this guy, like you guys said, speed kills. And, you know, if he can just be an average route runner with that speed, that makes you above average as a wide receiver, that this could really turn into something. Um, but I think that he's – I think he's a guy that just needs work. I think this is kind of things I've read about is like a boom or a bust type of uh, thing. Like he's either going to be – really talented in the NFL or he's going to be a gadget type player in the NFL. I think it all depends on how much work he puts in because when Tyree Curl first came into the league, he was known as just a fast guy, you know, and now he's, he's known as a very good receiver. So if this guy's willing to put in the work to work on the route running and that kind of stuff, but I think he has an immediate impact on the Browns this season, bubble screens, jet sweeps. Um, you can't double team Odell if this dude's on the field running streaks because, I mean, you don't have to be a great route runner to just run a straight line really fast and catch a wide open pass. So I think he opens stuff up. You know, is he on – does he start at receiver and do we see this guy playing, you know, 50 offensive snaps a game? No. But is he in there for 10 and do we get him – do we get him the ball four or five times a game as a receiver on bubble screens and stuff like that? I think that's a possibility. Does this guy force JoJo Natson out? I know we just re-signed him, but does this dude start returning kicks and punts? I mean, four four two five speed. You, you want to find a way to get this guy the ball. It's, well, it's, and I I kind of real quick one thing before Josh, I let you go. I, just like that boomer bust, the bust scenario that they said that this guy could be is like a Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin came in the NFL and was supposed to be like this phenomenal speedster. Didn't really pan out. Tyree Kill would be kind of the boom. If, if he's anything close to Tyree Kill, this guy's going to get paid a lot of money in his future. Yep. I know yeah. there was a, I think, you know, in our group chat and everything, we were talking that night or the next day, whatever. And I, I think there's a little disappointment in this pick, especially I know I was looking at the board and saying, well, what receivers are still there? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown from USC was still there. Jalen Darden out of North Texas was still there. There were still some semi interesting big names you could say, on the board, and we take Anthony Schwartz. But the more, like you guys said, I, I started reading about him and seeing what his strengths are and fitting that in with our current wide receiving core. You know, some of the arguments I used, you know, talking about trading for Nikhil Harry can kind of be applied to Anthony Schwartz in that he has no pressure whatsoever to be, uh, you know, a top option in the offense. You know, you can, like you are saying, but you can almost take him and line him up on the same side as Odell. And now what are you going to do? You're going to send two guys over there to cover Odell and somebody to try to, and you know, all those, all six, if you got three guys over there, six eyes are on Odell. And now Schwartz has passed you. All it takes is a split second and he's by you. And once he's by you, he's gone. I've seen, I've been watching some tape when he, when he's even, man, is he gone? Yeah. If he, he ran a hundred in like 10 seconds or something like that. The dude is, it's literally, if he wasn't playing football would be probably an Olympian sprinter. Yeah. So, I mean, he – I know Andrew Barry came out and said he was drafting for the future, but to me this feels like a pick that was more directed towards this year, next year. Like, we needed speed on offense. We saw it in that Chiefs game in the playoffs this year. We needed somebody who can just come in and take the lid off the defense to free up Jarvis, to free up Odell, and to even free up Hooper over the middle. So, um, 
Yeah, I, was, I, I saw some. Yeah, at comp- first, it was like who? Yeah, Go I ahead. know. I would say I saw some comps. Um, they said that he could potentially evolve into like a Will Fuller type of receiver, and I was thinking, well, Will Fuller. That's all he was like. Even the first probably three years of his career was he was a fast guy. He could get down the field, get open, and they, and Watson would just hit him for a bomb touchdown. And then he started working on his route running, and he kind of evolved into more of like a well-rounded receiver rather than just a Taking fast guy. Steroids. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a process, but yeah. no, I I, th- I think having this guy injecting this amount of speed into this offense. I mean, Blake, you've been saying it this whole offseason. Like that's what hurt us against the Chiefs. There was no speed on that field. So, yeah, this will help. So, that moves us into our first fourth-round pick. So, we got two more picks I think we need to focus on, like, heavily. James Hudson, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. Um, this dude's a mauler. Um, Former just, defensive we talk, lineman. Yeah. So. so, defensive guys are nasty. They got good hands, you know, things you want to tackle. And one thing I kind of like that he used to play defensive line is he he kind of knows, um, you know, the moves, you know, what a defensive lineman's thinking, what he's doing. You know, he's seen it all because he used to he used to be on that side of the ball. Um, and we talked about this, you know, I think in almost every mock draft we had us taking Hainsey out of Notre Dame just because we knew we needed a versatile swing tackle at some point in this draft. So, I mean. It's almost like Andrew Barry just watched all of our mocks and was like, yep, those are the positions we need. We'll just try to get guys <laughs> that the dogs are talking about. That's right. So, um, you know, this is, a, to me, another solid pick. The dude, the dude is, you know, he's a mean guy playing offensive line. And do I – does he make an impact this year? I hope not. I, ho- I hope all five of our linemen are perfectly healthy all year round. Um, but if he's not, I think this is a guy who can step in, especially – I have no fear of linemen stepping up and playing well for the Browns with Callahan as our coach, as our line coach. No, not at all. And I mean, he's, I mean, the dude's 6'5, 313. Uh, he's just 21. He's going to turn 22 this month. So it, it makes me feel good as far as a depth piece, knowing that if one of our tackles would, you know, tweak something in a game and have to come out for a quarter or whatever, you know, we've seen that happen all the time. This guy can step in and, under Callahan, I think he'll be able to hold his own. I really do. Yeah, I think that, you know, this pick of us taking uh, the tackle, I think that, I like Blake said, I hope that this guy doesn't have to make a big impact this year, that our line stays intact and we're injury-free. Um, but I think us taking a tackle, I think this guy's got a good shot at making our team and making our roster because now if we would have drafted a guard, maybe – they don't have as great of a chance. You know, we got Drew Forbes back this year, Michael Dunn, Blake Hans, and Colby Gossett, you know, that we all have at the guard position. Um, and obviously you're not going to keep – I think most teams take, what, maybe eight guys on, on a Sunday on their starting roster, on their listed roster for that active. Um, you're not going to take 10 to 11 guys. So I think this guy's got a chance because I think we only have one other tackle that was an unsigned free agent. Uh, on the roster this year, competing for the backup tackle spot. So, I, I we got one more guy. So so far of the the you know Zach, you said how many did you say we're going to make the team? Our first I two. Said, I said our first two would have impacts this year. That I okay. thought would have impacts this year. I think four of our first five have impacts this year, and that's that goes into our next guy, Tommy Tagaya out of out of Ohio State. I think You're just a homer. No, I the, the the position I think with the least amount of depth on this Browns team is defensive line, and I think to this was a steal for the Browns. People were projecting this guy as a day two guy, and to get him on day three, he's the fifth uh, ranked defensive interior lineman on PFF when we got him in the fourth round. Um, nobody thought this guy was still going to be there. Uh, he probably would have been ranked higher if we would have got to see him play more, but he just didn't play a ton because, you know, Ohio State's loaded. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Blake, this one should have been – this one was big for you because I know first thing yesterday morning you texted and said uh, it was either, what, Jamar Johnson or Tommy Tagai, like, let's get him right out the shoot here. And then we went we picked James Hudson, then we traded that next pick. And yet we still get him. Like it just yeah. it just continues that Barry genius. Yeah. So 
by the way, for anybody keeping track, it was elite with Newsom, elite with JOK, above average. The only reason um, the Schwartz pick didn't get an elite and he only got an above average is they said we probably could have waited on him and got him later. But if you're the Browns and you're not filling holes, why take the chance of your guy not being there? Just go get him if he's there. Yep. Um, because if he if Schwartz sucks, it doesn't matter to us, you know. But we wanted to, we wanted to make sure he's on the team. Um, Hudson and then to guy elite elite again. And um, to me, this guy he I see this guy getting time this year because first of all, D linemen get hurt. We don't have a ton of them, especially if Sheldon Richardson doesn't resign. We, I mean, you got Malik Jackson, Billings, Jordan Elliott, and Tagai. That, that's like your four interior linemen. Yep, absolutely. I mean, he's not he's not the biggest guy. You know, he's what six one six two two ninety six. So it's not like he's this six five three hundred and twenty pound mauler. But he's not. But but I mean, I, I think he's definitely going to fit into that rotation of that interior defensive line. And we talked about that when we did our mock drafts, that it was something the Browns are going to need to address in the draft, but they don't need to probably go, you know, top, a top tier pick with it because it's more of a rotational unit in there. Yeah. I think that this pick, um, it definitely filled a spot that the Browns needed. I think we all talked, I mean, we talked about taking far more in the first round at times. Oh, Blake. It must be close. To, it must be close to the house now, Blake. Oh, is it getting loud again? Yeah, can you can you mute yours real quick? There we go. Oh, look at that. Peace and quiet. Right. I'll stay muted unless I want to talk. <laughs> Fair enough. Um so you know, to guy, I think that, you know, this season was probably showing to be his best season as a buckeye. And, you know, he was kind of taking that next step of, you know, really finding, you know, fine tooling his game. And then the shorter season probably hurt his draft stock a little bit. You know, if he'd had the more reps, like Blake said, Ohio State's a very good team. You know, you're not sometimes you could be a starter, you know, a star on another team. But for Ohio State, you're a rotational piece, you know, so you got to make make your time count when you're out there on the field and I feel like if he would have had a full season you know played another four or five games throughout the year his draft stock probably would have went up higher and he probably wouldn't be sitting where we got him in the draft yep it just feels like every pick we made except for maybe the Anthony Schwartz pick but like Blake said if you know if, if that's your guy and you're like hey we're going after that top end speed then you just take him when you have the opportunity but I feel like all these other picks they just waited and, and and they got him at a they got him at a value they didn't overreach for anybody i think we talked about how the browns were going to have to move around in the draft to get the guys they wanted and that we weren't going to take nine guys because we didn't need them and all that kind of stuff and then it turns out i mean we didn't take nine we took eight but they didn't have to move around that much to really what two small trades moved up a couple spots like he in in two rounds um, didn't give up really anything big. Would we give up a third round pick to move up and get uh, JOK? Like, it's just Andrew Barry is he he's he's uh, playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Pretty much the fact that these guys were falling to him. Yeah, Tom, um, I'm pretty sure the Tommy so, Tagai pick. You know, that was a trade back, and I believe they picked up a fourth round pick next year. I'll look all that up and make sure I have those those traits correct for uh, the next episode, but I think that's what happened. So, well, so that moves us kind of in then to the guys, no disrespect to these guys who we drafted, but I think the remaining three guys that we took in this draft are going to have a very tough time making this roster. And I don't think it's not necessarily because they're bad players or will be labeled bus. The Browns are going to cut good players this year. And, it's just, I think come come roster cutdowns, we're going to be going. I can't believe the Browns cut this guy. Yeah, you know, and it's just because you you can only have fifty three on the roster. So 
You know, in round five, we took Tony Fields, linebacker out of West Virginia. Uh, another round five pick was Richard LeCount out of Georgia, safety. And then in round six, we took running back Demetric Felton out of UCLA, which didn't we take him in one of our mocks or we talked about taking him? Or I, 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 I know we familiar. didn't take him. We might have talked about it. But the thing with Demetric Felton that was intriguing to me is, I, you know, obviously I'm reading stuff about this guy and all that. There's a very good chance they were saying that whatever team drafts him in the in the draft would probably utilize him a lot at receiver because he was he did a lot of receiving in college. He's a smaller back. He's five nine one ninety. Um, he could be a sneaky, you know, uh, slot receiver type guy that we might be. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a Jarvis in the future type of. Maybe we can plug him in and get some production out of him down the road. Yeah, you know, the Tony Fields guy that we drafted, he's kind of like the same type. He was used as kind of that hybrid player like a Wusu, like yeah. JOK, except for um, he's not as athletic and he's not as fast. So it's pretty much like your poor man's JOK that we drafted uh, in that pick. This guy, you know, he's going to try to fight for a spot. Do I see us probably holding on to him? Probably not with you know, some of the depth now that we have at that position. Um, and then you got Richard LeCount uh, out of Georgia, combo safety. Uh, the only thing, the big thing that I liked uh, about him in his last 20 games and his last two seasons at Georgia, he had seven interceptions. I mean, so the guy's got a knack of getting his hands on the ball. And, you know, they kind of compared him to, and, you know, when I was reading up on him trying to learn more, they kind of compared him to Sheldrick red wine that and that's and it wasn't a good reason why they compared him to red wine they said that uh he was really bad in the run defense and a terrible tackler so wow. unless he can figure those two things out uh they said red wine was the same way coming out of college except for he had speed you know he was like a really he was a speedster on the back end of the defense where this guy just doesn't have that factor in his game but the fact that he intercepted seven had seven interceptions in his last two seasons, you know, maybe he finds a way to make the team and make an impact. I think he'd be to all me, right as far as that rotation in the safety position. But the problem is, is there's only 53 guys on your roster and we have John Johnson, the third, we have Ronnie Harrison, we have Grant Delpit. Um, we have, we have, uh, you know, JOK is kind of a hybrid safety position, hybrid safety linebacker. You're not going to keep. We have Sheldrick Redwine. You're not keeping six, seven safeties on your roster. That you don't have enough room, you know. Um, so, especially if like Redwine plays well, in, I think you're the guys on your roster. Your Mac Wilsons, your Taki Takis, your Redwines. They're going to have a leg up on these rookies if they come out and they play well in camp. They already, you know, they know the system. They've been here before, um, you know. So all these guys we took later. This, uh, you know, the guy out of West Virginia. I mean. Linebacker went from a, a position where we didn't have any players to, you know, all of a sudden we have a lot of linebackers on this roster. And so th this rookie might not make it. I mean, Mac Wilson might not make it. So, yeah, it's the Browns. Every position is going to be competing. You Which know, is crazy. We, it's crazy. And Mac Wilson, you know, we're talking like that. It was around a year ago at this time where we're like, man, if once we get Mac Wilson back, you know, our linebackers are going to be all right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, it, there's so much depth now at every position except for maybe that D line. And, you know, people are going to have to compete for spots. Nothing is going to be given to you on this team anymore because we're just too deep and too loaded. And the days of, you know, coming to Cleveland for an easy roster spot or an easy paycheck, those are long gone. And you're going to have to be on your A game. And it sounds terrible too, but guys who miss tons of games for injuries, I'm sure that's going to be factored into decisions on who we keep and who we don't keep. And it's 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 tough, but it's it, – I. I see the Browns cutting some very good players that we just can't believe that we're cutting. Yeah, and we've been saying that for a while too, and I think it it still holds true, especially after what we saw them do in the draft. I know, Zach, you mentioned about um, them knocking LeCount for his poor tackling, and I was reading some stuff on Tony Fields, the linebacker from West Virginia, and kind of said the same thing. I mean, they said he had 375 total career tackles. He played, I think, four total seasons in college three at Arizona, and then he transferred to West Virginia. But they said he does have a tendency to miss tackles. 
Um, and whenever that that's one of the key like cons in your draft profile, then you know you were really not that great at tackling. So right. just kind of sucks because we saw what missed tackles, you know, did to this defense last year. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Just before we get out of here, I do want to say, like, me and the Browns are good. Yeah. And we got an A-plus grade from this draft from PFF, and I'm pretty sure from just about everybody, we were, if they're not calling us the winners of the draft, like, outright, we're in the discussion for who won the draft. And that's insane to say because we picked 26th. Right. You know, we didn't, we weren't, and we didn't have, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars had four picks in the first 40 or something like that. You know, we, that wasn't us this year. We had one pick in round one, round one pick in round two. Yeah. And we're coming away saying, look how we just killed this draft. And, you know, Dan Orlowski came out and said, the Browns are now in the best position to challenge the Chiefs or the Bills from the AFC to, you know, to go to the Super Bowl. And, it's hard to wrap your head around if you're a Browns fan, like the rebuild's done. You know, we're here. It's, it's, it's time to go win a Super Bowl. And people are like, don't get ahead of yourself. The Browns have sucked for 20 years. I don't care about the past. Just like I don't care about the Steelers six rings. I don't care that the Browns have sucked for 20 years because this, this roster is completely stacked. And you saw a start last year with the hire of Stefanski and the hire of Andrew Barry, us starting to trend in the right direction. And then another, I mean, perfect offseason and free agency and now the draft. Like it I think we're gearing up for what's going to be a, a very special season for the Browns, which yeah. in turn means a very special season for the dogs podcast. Amen, brother. I was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Our, uh, the, the Ravens, our Ravens friend, who's a huge fan of the dogs podcast, by the way, um, yeah. he, he commented and said that, you know, Ravens won the draft cause they got Bateman and Jason Owa in the first round. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You got some good players, but you're not gonna be able to use them. So you got a guy who didn't have a single sack last year coming at, the best offensive line in the league. And then you've got a really good wide receiver talent that just, it's a shame he's going to be wasted over there in Baltimore, but that's what happens. <laughs> and then the Browns turn around and they get a very good cornerback who can easily cover, you know, those air mailed throws from Lamar. And then we go and we turn around and we get jock who, Hey, Lamar run. We got a spy. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, yeah, the, the guy's a huge dog podcast. Huge, so huge. We, we appreciate we appreciate we appreciate him listening, and then I like that I got a place that I can live rent free in his head. Uh-huh. So, um, a guy I was I was talking to a guy last night, and he said, you know, Lamar's really great at you know hitting wide open receivers because the people are there aren't going to be wide open receivers anymore when you play the Browns. Exactly. You know, the days of MJ Stewart and Robert Jackson and running around out there like a chicken, those days are gone. They're, you're you're going to have to fit into tight windows against the Browns, so good luck. And, you know, Bateman's great, but again, Philly, uh, Hollywood Brown was supposed to be great. Yes, you know? first round and pick. Yep. He hasn't thrived with Lamar. Um, and oh, wait, imagine how bad the Browns would have got butchered by Ravens fans if we drafted a defensive edge rusher in the first round who had zero sacks. We never would have heard the end of it. They would have been on us like white on rice the whole time <laughs> because the guy that we were putting faith into had yeah. zero sacks. So, yes, congratulations, Baltimore. You got a super highly productive edge rusher. Uh, with all of his zero sacks last year. Yeah. We're, we're super nervous about that. Well, and it's, it's so interesting that, you know, we spent so much time evaluating edge rushers in this draft class and talking about which one the Browns going to take, you know, and all this stuff. We're going to give them the first round, second round. There's a guy maybe we get in the third round. We didn't take a single pass rusher or edge rusher. And that I think that, I I think that shows that they built that edge rushing depth <clears throat> with Tack McKinley, Jadavian Clowney, They've got um, help me guys. What's the Rashad or not Rashad? Um, Curtis Weaver. So they've got guys yeah. that they feel confident in there with Miles to handle that, and they went past defense in this draft. I think you you saw the strategy was you know if we can cover for a little bit longer, these guys can get home. And to be honest, if you can cover just a little bit longer, like we say it all the time that somebody else besides Miles Garrett needs to get pressure. But if you can cover these guys, Miles Garrett's going to get home almost every time. 
at least disrupt him sometime. I mean, he's he's that explosive. Before he got COVID last year, he was going to be defensive player of the year. Yeah. So, you know, and I just look for that to continue. And I just – I love that the Browns – I feel confident enough in the Browns that I'm going to talk, excuse my French, so much this year to these guys <laughs> because I just – I love being able to give it back to them now because I'm that confident. I, I, I think the Browns – are winning the AFC North. I think I think we're going to the Super Bowl. And I'm just going to say it every week until we get there. Super Bowl or bust, guys. Let's do it. This is the year. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think Josh uh, captioned it well when he said that the Browns had a Mahomes prevent defense type of draft that they went for. Of We saw how that went. We had to, you know, we saw what Tampa Bay used to stop Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And we went out to try to fill and find those pieces to help our own defense. Yeah. Yep. Because turn that guy's not easy to beat. Even in the Super Bowl, yeah. that dude made some crazy throws. That dude, the, he for he was not going down without a fight. And so, and I think the Browns have done. You know, we'll get into it in more episodes. But if Baker Mayfield, you know, plays like he did the second half of last season all year, sky's the limit for this team. Yep. It's gonna be a fun year. Well, that was our, you know, kind of quick, immediate reaction to our draft picks. Uh, we're going to get, you know, Justin's input next week. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into all these guys this week, so we have a little bit more information. I don't know. Are we going to get Brian or Barry on at all, maybe to talk to them and see what they think? Yeah, we'll probably put something in here. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, get get some of these guys' takes on what the Browns did. But what we did want to put something out for you guys right away, uh, keep you guys entertained for the week. Again, thanks to everybody who checked us out Thursday night when we were live for the first round of the draft. To, it, was, it went better than I ever thought it would. I went back and watched a lot of it, and I thought it was super fun, super that was, awesome. That was uh, a uh, marathon. You know, you watch these guys do this, <laughs> do this analysis on ESPN and whatever, and you're like, wow, they really – they talk a lot about these guys the whole night, and then you sit there and you actually do, and it's like, holy crap! I think I, t- I texted you guys, and not to pat our, you know, pat our own backs or anything, but what I thought what we pulled off was impressive. You don't realize how much time there is, and how much the biggest thing is dead time, where literally nothing's happening in the draft <laughs> that you have to try to fill and keep interesting. I got home and was exhausted. Oh, I thought I feel like I put in like eight hours at a job somewhere. I was exhausted. Well, you ran well, up and down the stairs about yeah, 27 were, times. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. My surgically repaired knee didn't enjoy that. So thanks for guys for volunteering me for stair duty. Um, but yeah, so the, the, that went better than I ever thought it would. Um, you know, thanks to all you guys who were listening that night, obviously, and you know, huge shout out to Kyle who helped us out that night. It went really well. Um, Remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, please subscribe on YouTube, and please head over to Apple, Spotify, Google. Uh, subscribe on there and uh, leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Um, you know, tune in next with the, uh, next week. We'll give you guys a little bit more in depth on each one of these guys. Uh, get some other people's takes. Justin will be back, and uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Thank you.